This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is episode 486 for March. What is this? This I have the date wrong in the notes. It's March 16th, not the 9th. March 16th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, pleased to be joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, welcome everybody. Cam Hawkins. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Hello, hello, and welcoming back, new dad, Destin Ladaddy. <laughs> Bam! Hey everybody. I was hoping you would say Dadston because you said Dadston. that earlier and I was like, please use Dadston. There's a few different uh, ways that we could go with it. Yeah, your name yeah. lends itself well. Well, uh, Destin, welcome back. How is dad life treating you so far? Uh, it's good. It's a lot of work. The baby uh, like didn't sleep very good last night. So, you know, you have those days, Ryan, you probably know. Been you there. have those days where the baby sleeps three hours at a time and then you do a feeding and then three hours and then you have nights when it just doesn't sleep. Baby just doesn't sleep. So yeah, but he is amazing. It's like you have those really, really challenging days, but then he just smiles at you and you're like, it's all worth it. Like it, no. nothing else. It doesn't matter. You know, um, it's really, really, really incredible to be a dad. I, I like it more than I thought I would even with, even with the challenges and like the scary stuff. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love that little guy. Too much scary stuff. No, but like um, a lot of babies when they're born, they have a jaundice. So uh, our baby had a little bit of jaundice. So we had to have like bilirubin tests and and you know, dad stuff, parent stuff. <laughs> He's fine now. He's totally good. Smile and say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been out for like a couple months now, and and so I'm curious. You know, you've got all that. You're not working at all. You've got the paternity leave time. It's time with your fa- your new family, but. Did you find any game time in there at all? Or was it just uh, anytime the baby was sleeping, you were sleeping too? I actually, I, I gamed quite a bit. I started like recently, I'm trying to commit to playing on the Xbox Series S for a week just to kind of get an idea of of what that would be like as an Xbox Series S gamer and the limitations of the console. And I've been pleasantly surprised. It's better than I, I you know, expected. And I think people playing on that platform. Well, anyway, I could talk about that after the week's over, but I've had a really, really wonderful time using the console and man, it's just such a a good entry. I'm really excited to be on today's episode to talk about everything that I've been thinking about and all the news that's been happening lately, Ryan. Xbox has been on fire. There's a lot to get to this week and, and, you know, you've got a hard out in like an hour from now. So, you know, you're just, (laughs) you're excited to talk, but only for so long before yeah. you fail on us again. Uh, real quick, two quick things. One uh, housekeeping note, one fun thing. That, uh, so let's do the housekeeping note. First, w- once again, IGN Games, the, our new YouTube channel, that is now where Unlocked lives on YouTube. YouTube.com slash IGN Games. Destin, that's one of the things that changed while you were gone. Uh, the oh, Unlocked YouTube channel <laughs> is no longer being updated. The shows are not being published there, so... Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you prefer to watch rather than listen. Of course, on podcasts, nothing's changed. We're on all of your favorite podcast services. But we would very much encourage you to watch. Uh, and you can do so on YouTube.com slash IGN Games, the new home for all of the IGN shows. There will be, there is an unlocked playlist. So you can just use that if, uh, if you're not interested in any of the other shows. But we hope maybe you will be. All right. 
Uh, real quick, Miranda Sanchez, we have a, a longtime Unlocked listener, sweetheart of a guy. Uh, he goes by the gamertag gamer tag Jimbo Jangles. When Maggie, the boxer, passed away, he completely unsolicited made and sent me this, uh, which I, I literally, I, I, it's been on a shelf. I look at it all the time on the back. It says, in memory of Maggie. I've always treasured this. Uh, well, just out of the goodness of his heart, he reached out to me and said, uh, hey, how can I get something special to Miranda, an X Xbox controller? Don't tell her, surprise. So <laughs> that has been arranged. We had to, we had to do some uh, mail juggling because IGN's moving offices. Anyway, no one cares about that. But the point is, uh, can you show the incredible controller that was custom made for you by Jimbo Jangle? This is actually a dream. I was, I opened up, I just gasped. So if you guys are listening, Ooh, what I am showing so right good. now is, is a super sleek custom Xbox Pikachu controller. And when I say sleek, I mean it like this, the, it's not even just like a decal. Like this is on the controller. It looks so good. Um, the share button is Pikachu's nose. So you get to give it a little boop when you want to share. Um, I love how all of the buttons are just like blacked out. So I know where the buttons are. I know A, B, X, Y are. Um, and I don't need that. So they're just like, looks so good blacked out. And then I turned it around and I was just like, what? Because <laughs> there's a Pokemon. <laughs> it's so cool. The red the triggers. triggers are That's, red. Awesome. That's looks, so good. Yeah, it is immensely good and not only that he was so kind jimbo thank you so very much also pr 3d printed me a little stand for it so it matches and Aww, it has my username so on it i don't have anything with my username on it so it was just like oh this is super special so thank you so much it's incredibly kind of you and now i don't know how i'm gonna use any other controller oh oh i didn't even see this before oh my gosh there's that's my over here Oh, okay, oh anyway. that's so cool. Excuse me, we're getting into the high pitches. Um, thank you so very much. It's incredibly uh, kind. That's amazing. He, this this guy's so sweet, so kind-hearted. He told me, you know, he, he reached out to me to try and get that controller to you, but it turns out he sent two, and I have not opened mine yet. Uh, oh. I, took, I took one thing out of So I'm going to do that real quick right now. I took one mm -hmm. thing out of the package. Uh, and this gives a pretty strong hint as to the content. So this is a 3D print. Oh. 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 Which is really cool. He did such a great job on that Tesla logo. So let me just pop this open real quick. This is the first so time cool. I'm seeing this. Oh, it's taped. Hold on. Yeah, I, I will vamp a, really a little good bit. Job but, here uh, packing it up. Let me just uh, let me not stab myself. Hang on a second. Dustin, what's the first game you're going to make your baby play? <laughs> make him play? Kingdom We're actually Kingdom Hearts. My wife doesn't really want to <laughs> expose him to TV and stuff until oh. he's a little bit older. So right, it's going right, to be like right. years out. Yeah. Um, uh, I have no idea, Miranda. Like, who knows? I mean, Kingdom Hearts with Disney, Disney in it. Kingdom Hearts with Disney in it. I think it's a very good, you know uh, what I'm saying? Uh, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> your Denver buddy. I had to try. I had to try. I know your 10-year anniversary at IGN is right around the corner. It's actually nine, but I'll, we'll just pretend it's 10. Uh so I thought I would have uh, I would have a little something made to say thanks for all the hard work you've done in continuing to bring me unlocked every week despite all the craziness that's going on out there. I hope you enjoy the gift, uh, and if you want to reach out to let me know you received this, well, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram, Jimbo underscore Jangles J A N G L E Z. Have a great day, Ryan, and let me just pop this over. That is cool. Oh, check this out. This is a really sweet. Thing. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> 
That is okay. cool. And the and the there's like the a custom. Silver. It's like a steering wheel, like a steering wheel kind of texture <laughs> grip on the sides. What? And on the back it says "Made for DMC Ryan, one of one." Like a sort of you know. <laughs> that is awesome, Jimbo. Thank you so much. And Jimbo, if you really don't have cool. a little store for these, you might consider that. I don't. I, so I don't even. Good. I know. I don't even want to use it because I don't want to mess it up. It's just I, I might know. have to just display it. But wow, uh, Jimbo, great stuff. We have amazing. We have amazing uh, fans and and viewers and listeners out there thank you all so very much we love you guys i mean we're thrilled this this is the highlight of my work week is getting to do this podcast because it is it's actually the only time i get to actually look at my coworkers. <laughs> the rest of the time we're just kind of on you know on slack and stuff so oh man great stuff love I'm, that's got us got me in a great mood so let's move on and talk about uh well i want to i do want to talk about the xbox wireless headset but I want to get everybody involved in the con. I'm the only one that has it at the moment. So let me start. Let's start with the other big topic, and then we'll I'll talk about the, the wireless headset. Let's talk again about Bethesda and Microsoft because they are continuing to make news together. They held a roundtable live stream. Aaron Greenberg, marketing guru, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, uh, flew out to Bethesda. Uh, and obviously everybody was, I'm sure, Tested and saved, and they had everybody in a nice big roundtable room at Bethesda in Maryland, along with Pete Hines, Todd Howard, uh, Aaron Losey, who runs uh, PR and, and comms there, and uh, and then they just talked through like, hey, what does this this acquisition, what does this this relationship mean? And I want to go around the room because this was I I thought when this when they they announced this really last minute, it was I think the day before. Or, might have even been the day of they they announced this. Oh, we're gonna live stream at 10 a.m. Uh, you know, meet meet the Bethesda team. And and I thought it would be 20 minutes. It was an hour and 20 minutes. They covered a lot of ground. They they introduced literally every Bethesda studio. So Destin, you haven't had a chance to talk Xbox for a while. I want to go to you first. Uh, what did you think of that presentation? It was perfect. It was absolutely great. And I think they revealed that this is more than just about the acquisition of Bethesda. I see the focus for, for the talking point here is about the exclusivity angle. But <clears throat> for me, one of the bigger takeaways is id tech. They talked about integrating yes, id tech with 343. They talked about you know how they can utilize that with a coalition. And the fact that there's going to be more collaboration there between those teams, they also have the mobile branches. There's the whole uh, uh, Japan angle with how they're going to be better, be able to better integrate with some Japan games as they have, uh, what is it, Ghostwire Tokyo? Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's the What's the name of the, the studio? Yeah. Tango Gameworks, right? Tango Gameworks. Yeah, so Tango Gameworks in Japan now is part of it. So this acquisition and this presentation made it a lot clearer to me about where they saw the value of that $7.5 billion. And um, I, do you want to save the quote or do you want me to talk about it really quick? Get to that in a minute. I, I, Cause okay. I'm actually, I'm glad you brought up id tech because I actually forgot that in my notes, even though I had tweeted about it. Cause yeah, it's you, you hit, you hit it on the head is Phil specifically Phil Spencer himself specifically called out, Hey, <laughs> it's so many words. We really like id tech. We really like that engine. Yeah. And he mentioned, as you said, the coalition and 343. And id tech, for anybody in the audience that isn't familiar, that is the game engine that powers Doom, 
Uh, it powers Wolfenstein, and it's uh, not confirmed, but seemingly will be probably powering the Indiana Jones game as well, since that's uh, Machine's next project. It is a uh, it has proven itself to be an incredibly adept and also what's the word I want here, Destin? Uh, very, it's very, efficient it's very powerful and optimized. Yeah. Thank you. Optimized. That's yeah. really the, cause it, it runs like a champ while still looking incredible. Uh, if you've played doom eternal, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just a, it's a high performance engine, both in terms of frame rate, but in terms of texture quality and just overall visual fidelity, it looks phenomenal. So, um, you know, don't expect Halo Infinite to suddenly have <laughs> have the the <laughs> space engine ripped out and have have uh, have id tech put in. That's not going to be happening. But there are some really intriguing possibilities for that moving forward. Uh, Cam, what were your overall impressions of the presentation? Uh, I I really really liked it. I think that uh, one of the things I really appreciated was just kind of the um, the studio to studio relationships that Bethesda had, like where they would just go and like, they would show off the games to each other and just, and show what they're working on. And like, just thinking of that idea of being able to see, uh, that same thing happen, but in a bigger, like in a bigger way with them now being a part of Xbox game studios, seeing all these other, uh, studios that Xbox already has acquired and just everyone showing off each other's games, uh, just gets me really excited for, for just Xbox Game Studios as a whole, because I think it gives those studios the inspiration to like work harder, give themselves like the ideas, and implement maybe ideas that they see from other games and in, like implement them into their games. Um, and again, like similar to uh, what you guys were saying before, the ab the ability now to share uh, like uh, Bethesda's uh, technology with with Xbox Game Studios and vice versa. I think that there's just a lot of really potentially great things that can happen uh with this uh new uh acquisition that xbox uh, has with bethesda um yeah and uh, i i thought the, the the sort of my big takeaway from it was that it was really the messaging to me was hey we didn't just buy elder scrolls and fallout there's a lot more to bethesda and there's a lot of talent here what were your thoughts on it me at least, I think uh, just to that point too is like this is so much about an introduction. Like, hey, we know Bethesda as like these two big things, and maybe a few other things here, but like kind of doing the handshakes with everybody else. Like, everyone go around the room, say who's joining the family, just so you get a little bit more background. Um, and to your point about collaboration, um, before we actually talked about all that a little bit last week, as far as like team support and whatever other things that might happen. And they're not necessarily talking about that, but knowing that at least as a technology and information sharing is already such a big front thing. Um, I think that bodes really well for what Microsoft already has. Um, no one would like to see that, right? I think you get so much innovation out of like working together and finding new ideas and implementing them in different ways. And it could only make your team stronger. So taught hearing Todd also discuss the relationship that he and Phil have had. Like he talked about Fallout 76 and how bad that launch was and how they're already calling Xbox and Microsoft to be like, you know, what do we do wrong? Do you have any advice here? And they've been collaborating so much already. Mm -hmm. So to hear the inverse, like from the Bethesda perspective, and it, and it 
it seems genuine. Like Todd has no reason. Absolutely. I guess he has a little bit of a reason, $7.5 billion, <laughs> but I mean, it, it seems genuine, right? Like he doesn't yeah. seem like he's being forced to say nice things. It's just the truth. Hey, we had a terrible Fallout 76 launch. I called my buddy Phil Spencer and we worked some stuff out. And I, I played that game on the Series S. That's one of the games I played during break, Ryan. And they, they've made some pretty big improvements. And uh, I think later on, we're going to talk about the games being added to Game Pass and like, uh, it was they pushed the FPS boost yesterday, so <clears throat> so now all those games are running at like sixty, and that's that's really really interesting too. Um, <clears throat> and um, I don't know if you're going to bring it up later, but there's also the summer event where we're going to learn more about the conversation we're going to yes. have about exclusivity. No, you to mention it. So whether whatever shape that takes, whether it's going to be during the digital E3 or or just sometime a little later in the summer, yeah, we will be hearing more from Bethesda, and then the question is. You know, that's I mean, that's when the game announcements are sure to start. Um, but yeah, there there's really a lot here. Um, now, it, they kept it rolling by uh, making a number of additions to Game Pass, 20 of them. In fact, Destin <laughs> just mentioned uh, just mentioned one of them in Fallout 76. So a whole pile of Bethesda games are now available in Xbox Game Pass. You've got Dishonored 1 and 2. The original Doom and Doom Two, which uh, warms my heart, that because those games, it th that's a that's a Mount Rushmore game for me. You know, four four games, put them on a mountain. That Doom is is on it, and it's the game's still fun. And now it's you can just play it for free on Game Pass, and it still feels great. Doom and Doom Two, Doom sixty four, uh, Doom three, Doom Eternal. Strangely, Doom twenty sixteen is not on this list for some reason, but I'm sure there must be a reason. Fallout New Vegas, just it's already on it. Is it? Oh, then that's that's a good reason. That probably is. That's a good reason. Um, yes, New Vegas, beloved role-playing game. Fallout 4, Fallout 76. Prey, which I think is a game that really deserves kind of a second life. Spooky. Uh, it's, it's so yes, cool, though. Where your coffee mug might attack you in Prey, which in the very best of ways. Rage 2, which is super solid. And then you rock, you rock the uh, the Elder Scrolls line, Morrowind coming back from the OG Xbox, Oblivion, which is my personal favorite in the series, Skyrim, of course, the Elder Scrolls Online, which I started playing over the weekend after hearing Phil Spencer talk it up. I did too. Ryan, we should play together. Let's do that, please. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, absolutely do that. I would That would make it a lot more fun for me. <laughs> and then The Evil Within, which is Tango Gameworks. Destin was mentioning Tango earlier. That's Shinji Mikami. Uh, you've got, and then the Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein, the New Order, Wolfenstein, the Old Blood, Wolfenstein, Young Blood, and of those, all but basic, all but Morrowind, Oblivion, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and New Vegas are also available through Cloud Play if you're on Game Pass Ultimate. So, just <laughs> Game Pass leveled up big time overnight, overnight. Yeah. Uh, and Destin, alluding to another thing earlier. FPS boost for five of these games as well. On the Series X, you've got Skyrim Special Edition up to 60 frames, Fallout 4, the aforementioned Fallout 76, Dishonored Definitive Edition, and Prey as well. Mm -hmm. So just great, great stuff. The fact um, that there's ahead, two Justin. MMOs on there, MMORPGs with Fallout 76 and Elder Scrolls Online, like that alone is just a, a pretty astounding value that you can just... Hey, you can just play Fallout 76 with Game Pass, and that's a thousand hours alone for one property. So when you start talking about the value of Game Pass, it just 
anybody who is hating on Game Pass, just I don't understand you. I don't. I just heard anybody <laughs> on it. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> okay. like, I don't know why anybody would ever hate on this yeah. service because it is such a tremendous value for families. Like, if you could only buy two games a year, just get Game Pass because you right. get hundreds of games and. Like, yes, sometimes a game is added like a month or two after it's been out. But like something like Outriders getting announced as joining Game Pass, that's another game that you could put a thousand hours into just grinding out weapons and everything. So the value of that service, it's just a no-brainer at this point, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't get it, especially when it includes Xbox Live for the for the fourteen ninety nine version. Right, for Ultimate, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so then the other big part of this, which Phil did, this was in the beginning, uh, and this I want to bring up. This is going to be the part where all the YouTube commenters turn on me and all the all the, tweet, the tweets turn on me, which happens every now and again. <laughs> but, you know. This is, you brought it? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. So, all right. Phil did address the elephant in the room, which is exclusivity. Now, all the like I saw so many YouTube comments, I saw so many tweets about this that were all that said he was crystal clear. This is it's fine, you know, this it's we're golden. It's I don't think he was. Listen to the I actually had to go back and and read the transcript because I I heard it and I went, wait a second, he's kind of <laughs> this is still vague. I went back and read it. Here's exactly what Phil Spencer said. He says, obviously, I can't sit here and say every Bethesda game is exclusive because we know that's not true. There's contractual obligations that we're going to see through as we always do in every one of these instances. So he's referring there to Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. Says we have games that exist on other platforms and we're going to go support those games on the platforms they're on. There's communities of players, we love those communities and we'll continue to invest in them. And even in the, here's, here's the key part that I feel like people just selectively chose not to hear. I think there's another key part, but. Okay, let's, we'll keep going. I'm excited Even in to get the future, into there may, in the future, there may be things that have contractual things or legacy on different platforms that will go do. So I think that's, there's a clear leaving of the door open for, for not everything to be exclusive necessarily. But he then comes back, the next words out of his mouth are, but if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. That's our goal. That's why we're doing this. That's the root of this partnership that we're building. And the creative capability that we're able to bring to market for Xbox customers is going to be the best it's ever been for Xbox after we're done here. Destin, go ahead. So the second paragraph is what everybody is really reading between the lines on. Right. To me, he's being clear. He's like, I have to play nice right now, but I'm also done playing nice. And what he's (laughs) saying is this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. So if you have Game Pass, you're going to be golden with Bethesda games. Right. And they're going to be exclusive to that platform. So something's going on there. There's definitely more there that we're not aware of or that he's working on behind the scenes to bring Game Pass to maybe more places. I don't know, but that's been speculated. Um, And 
it's for Xbox gamers. So he was pretty clear that this deal is about Xbox games. So when we talk about the legacy stuff, what I hear, Ryan, is potentially that means, like, if Fallout 76 is going to continue to be supportive, of course they're going to continue to release that content cross-platform. If there's ever a Fallout 5, potentially that's still cross-platform. I would argue that might be one that ends up Xbox exclusive. Same with Elder Scrolls because it was exclusive for Oblivion, right? Uh, something like Starfield, though, no ambiguity whatsoever. I truly believe that will be an Xbox exclusive on with uh, his his verbiage and, and his tone there. And, and that was my takeaway from the whole thing. People people know there's contractual obligations for several of the games like Deathloop that are going to come out cross-platform. I think we're going to see the end of that in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. I just want, I just want to just temper everyone's expectations a little because to to what you said Destin it's his the fact that he said in the future there may be things that will go do i mean that's where i'm just like okay and and hopefully it may just be he's referring to indiana jones right there cuz that yeah. got announced before this uh bethesda acquisition with with microsoft was finalized that may be a deal in place with with Disney where and Lucasfilm where it's going to come to PS5. Although, you know, I know a lot of people in the community would point to Spider-Man on on PS4 and PS5 and say, "Well, no, not necessarily. Look, you can have a major IP like that that's a, that's a platform exclusive, but I just I just want to make sure people just 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 keep that little door open in your mind just in case so that if anything ever does come up whether it's just Indiana Jones or or whether it could be other things too, that Phil didn't, you know, there, that there was that caveat that he threw in there. Miranda, am I insane? No. <laughs> I mean, there's also probably things we don't know about. Like Bethesda does like to do surprises, be like, bam, we have a game for you tomorrow. So that could be a thing that they have and they would maybe have contractual obligations for that. Sometimes when I hear about the contractual obligation thing, I think about Starfield and I'm like, man, how funny would it be if there was a bidding war for some sort of exclusivity or time exclusive for Starfield? And like, if it were like Sony and Microsoft going down at it, like just throwing down their bids and then Microsoft, well, we don't want, we're just gonna buy all of Bethesda. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> um, but that's just, I was just thinking about that as we discussed it. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a flexibility there, which I appreciate. And I think we all know and have seen with Minecraft and other titles that microsoft has technically exclusivity for but do put on other platforms because it's most advantageous and so um i, I know we've talked about exclusivity to the ground at this point and uh, at the end of the day we're not going to know what's going to happen until they say so so we can but it is kind of fun to pick at these words be like all right sorry phil we are dissecting everything the scalpels are out we've got the pins and needles i mean um, they, they review this stuff you know yeah. phil's i mean phil's not like literally scripted there but they've reviewed what they're gonna say before oh, yeah. so they have chosen their words carefully i feel like phil well obviously phil knows what he's doing he's not gonna say something that would put them in a precarious situation so it, it is definitely something that's thought of ahead and i think if anything the, even like the the bolded that we'll go do that you have from this quote uh is, is just a point of like trying to say hey there we're trying to leave things open because there are probably going to be things in the future that won't just be pure exclusive but i guess as an xbox fan uh and i want to get to you here in a second cam my my fear is i hope he's not subtly referring to starfield there which i'm glad you brought mm -hmm. up Miranda, because mm -hmm. 
you know, Sony got to before before Microsoft could could uh, write that seven and a half billion dollar check. Sony got to Ghostwire Tokyo. They got to Deathloop. Exactly. We've no, we know that Starfield is also kind of in one of, in that group of near term releases. Like it's one of the next big games coming up for uh, all of Bethesda collectively. Whether whether Starfield ends up being this holiday or even next holiday, um, it is soonish. So I because I I hope because Starfield I feel is it is the ace up up Phil Spencer's sleeve uh, at this point. <laughs> Because it is, it's a new Todd Howard IP, a new Bethesda role-playing game. I mean, that's the kind of game that uh, if Sony didn't sneak in some exclusivity arrangement uh, before before that acquisition happened, Starfield is a game that could move consoles and move, or at least Game Pass subscriptions for for PC players. Like that's a game that could bring people into your ecosystem. We, we know little about it, and Fallout 76 didn't go so hot for them, so it could also be a, a dud. Um, well, but that if, that was not a Todd Howard game. Fair. Todd Howard did not direct that game. This is this this will be the first Starfield's the first Todd Howard game since uh, Fallout Four. Fallout Four. So yeah. it's been a while. Cam, what are your what do you what do you think of all this? Are we making a mountain out? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill here? Well, you you know, you know you did mention the thing with con- contractual contractual things or legacy on different platforms, and the thing that makes me the the series that makes me go into mind is like, okay, do you mean like Elder Scrolls Six when that eventually comes out? Do you mean like Fallout, like the next Fallout game? Because those do have legacy on different platforms. Um, but then, but again, like this second paragraph where it's just like, if you're a Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is that. Uh, this is about delivering great exclusive games for you to ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. So it's just like, it is kind of like uh, muddy in the middle there. Um, and I, but I do think, I, I, I kind of side with Destin. I still think that like, after, you know, either Star, Starfield, if there is some sort of exclusivity, basically whichever comes out last Starfield or Indiana Jones, I'm assuming Indiana Jones will probably be the later game there. For sure. Like, I think all the games that are like meant for console and PC are going to be exclusive on wherever Game Pass exi- exists. Yeah. I mean, again, not, not to rain on parades here, but I think because if Phil Spencer wanted to be crystal clear, he would have just sat, he would have looked into the camera and said, after Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which were already under under arrangement before we came in, every Bethesda game moving forward will be exclusive to where Game Pass lives. That would have been the crystal clear way to say it. But he kind of he just he left the door open. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't think they can be crystal clear right now because I bet there's still stuff that's like halfway in the works with Sony at the moment. And that's why they can't be crystal clear about what he means right once that's done i think they're going to start being really crystal clear including at that summer event when they are going to tell us what is exclusive to xbox and he said a few other things he said like we don't want to do 15 games that do the same thing we want to do you know 15 games that try different things like they want to be experimental and that's why they're excited about a company like arcane that sort of thinks outside the box and tries some you know really really unique stuff and you know, I, I don't think it would be crazy if the next Elder Scrolls was Xbox exclusive. You don't get the hammer on Microsoft and Xbox for not having exclusives for five years running to not have them answer back. 
there was a there was a time when Xbox almost died at the launch of the Xbox One. Microsoft was ready to pull the plug and kill it, right? Phil has put in the work and has made this acquisition for Bethesda, and he is not playing, in my opinion. They are going to make as many things exclusive to Xbox as they possibly can. And, you know, I, I understand why a PlayStation fan or a PS5 fan would be unhappy about that. Xbox just has such a different strategy than what PlayStation is doing, though. And this is the exclusive part of the strategy that I think they're really, really going to build upon. Especially, So, like, yeah, we have this muddy water period for the next five years. But going beyond that, it's going to be crystal clear what's going to be exclusive on Xbox. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it, it you're you're absolutely right that there we do still have to kind of navigate the the transition, I guess, of of uh anything that may have, you know, any business Bethesda may have done prior to the deal to, you know, seeing all that stuff through. And and that's really just the question I think is what are those things? You know, is yeah. it Indiana Jones? Is it anything else? You know, or is it is it any of it? Is it none of it? So, that's yeah. still uh, a little up in the air, but yes, by and large here, the, the bottom line is there is so much talent now that is part of the Xbox family. You've got the creators of Wolfenstein, who, by the way, you want to connect the dots back to Xbox uh, history. The creators of Wolfenstein are also the creators of one of a game that I would probably put in the top five greatest original xbox games ever and that was uh the chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay that core oh, team excellent. from Starbreeze left and some years later and formed machine games so it is the same talent uh that did that did riddick that uh has gone on to do wolfenstein and now are moving on to indiana jones so you've got that talent you've got uh id software which has you know, completely reinvented itself after the departures of, you know, John Carmack, John Romero, all mo most of the original crew over the years. And now with Marty Stratton uh, and Hugo Martin have have completely reinvented Doom in, in a way that is it is as fresh and is as fun as ever. It's Doom Eternals, my favorite first person shooter of recent memory. Um, I wouldn't. Well, and and. If unless Half Life Alex is, if we're putting it in that category, this is a VR game. But um, <laughs> the point is, id Software is absurdly talented. Uh, they're the final DLC story DLC is dropping this week for that um, Ancient Gods Part Two. You know, you've got you've got Shinji Mikami and uh, and Tango GameWorks. They're doing Ghostwire Tokyo right now, which yes is gonna is gonna debut on PlayStation Five, uh, but it'll get to Xbox. At some point, and it that game looks super cool. You've got one of Arcane's teams doing Deathloop again, the other PS5 timed exclusive. But there's just there's so much going on with Bethesda. There's so much talent, and to your point, Destin, it's diverse talent as far as the kinds of games they make. It's uh, it's really insane. And then and then of course at the the top of the list is Starfield, and then Elder Scrolls Six looming after that. So just so much to look forward to. Uh, really enjoyed that that uh, hour and twenty minute roundtable where they introduced all the Bethesda teams in video presentations. Really, really great stuff. All right, uh, let's talk more Game Pass because Game Pass just it is it's not even a spigot anymore. It's just like <laughs> it's just like a waterfall rush of 
of games that keep coming. Um, Miranda, I know there's uh, uh, one of your favorites here, I believe. My favorite <laughs> game of all time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Finally. Do you want, can and I please. Do okay, so, yeah. so new coming to Game Pass the week of March 15th, which is this week, is we have Undertale, which is out today, which is my favorite game of all time. I own it on every console. I own it on the Vita, PC, PlayStation, uh, Switch, everywhere. Um, and now I can have it on Xbox, which is so exciting because it's it took forever. Um, so you can also get that on the cloud, console, and PC, which is really cool. So if you have it on PC, you can just download uh, with Game Pass Ultimate. We also have Empire of Sin on March 18th, Nier Automata on March 18th for PC. Uh, I think that's that's already on um, console, yeah. so it's also I'm playing PC. it right now, personally. Yeah, I remember because I just bought it, and then it came to console. I was like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have Star Wars Squadrons. Shout out to Mitch Dyer on March 18th, so that'll be on console. That's and a nice also- ad, too. Like, if you missed yeah. it last... It just came out in October. It's like, it's only been out for six months. Yeah, these are not just, like, little, oh, that's an interesting game. Like, these are pretty big games. Um, we also have Torchlight 3 on March 18th for PC. Uh, then on the week of March 22nd, we have Genesis Noir, which looks like a very cool adventure game um, on console and PC on March 25th. Then Octopath Traveler, which is kind of sneaking up there. It's like, hey, that's huge. Not- yeah, I'm going to say you right there. Because yeah. I, and it sounds like Cam too, I love Octopath Traveler. From I fell in good. love with that game from the moment they had the reveal trailer at one of the Nintendo Switch presentations. It is, if you haven't seen it, it it has a 16-bit like square RPG look, but in but in like kind of 3D, but and with real-time yeah. like global illumination lighting. It's it's incredible. Book, yeah, it's an yeah. it's a yeah. stunning look, and it it turns out the game's really fun too. It's like it's got a bunch. It's got all these great individual character stories. The the eight people in your party. Cam, are you are you a fan of this as well? Yeah, I really like Octopath Traveler. Um, uh, I think you're bigger on it than I am personally, but I definitely think it's one of like I think it's a top ten like uh, JRPG on the Switch. You know, before it came, you know now it's out on Xbox. Um, I think the yeah visually it is absolutely stunning. Um, I think the combat is very, very fun. The story, not wasn't the biggest fan of, but I still think that like it's gener- it's one hundred percent like a must play. Like, I would say I wouldn't say it's a must play JRPG, but I definitely think it's like if you if you're looking for a good JRPG to play, that that's that's there yeah. right there. It's it's kind of I would compare it story wise a little bit, and this may make Destin's head explode. I'm not sure, but uh, kind of to Mass Effect Two in that. The overarching story of Octopath Traveler is not great, but the individual character stories ah. are awesome. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the story, <laughs> yeah, because the story is like the party isn't like in one big story. It's just more like they travel together, and then they have their one-off stories where no, none of the other party is really relevant to the actual narrative. But it's still really, really great. And and it just this came out of nowhere. This was a Switch yeah. exclusive nope. for a year, and all of a sudden, hey. It's coming to Xbox and Game Pass. So I'm there very stoked. Themes in those stories too. Like it's not like a kid's story thing. Like there was a, somebody who was basically like an indentured servant uh, that you free. I think that's one of the storylines that I did for the, the singer character. And, you know, that was, I was like, whoa, this goes some pretty dark places. And uh, yeah, uh, I appreciated that actually. And I, I really like Octopath a lot. And the music's really good, too. So I really oh, yeah. encourage everybody oh, yeah. uh, to, to download that and give it a try on Game Pass. Yeah, so uh, that what else, was... Amanda? 
yeah, so Octopath was previously on PC um, as well as the Switch, and now it was on the now it will be on the Xbox and on uh, PC for, with Games Pass on March 25th. And then we also have Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire Ultimate Edition on March 25th yeah. for PC. So if you want another very long game, got you got your options. <laughs> then we have Super Superland on March 25th on PC. I don't know what that one is, but it looks colorful. And then we have Yakuza 6, The Song of Life on March 25th as well. And that's coming to the cloud, console, and you, PC. You can literally play every Yakuza game now. Well, the remastered yep, versions yep. Yeah, on Xbox. I started Yakuza 0 and was pleasantly surprised and thankful that I finally started playing that game because it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a series I need to get to myself. Yeah, I just downloaded one of them. I forget which one I downloaded, but I have to play through another game first. <laughs> And then, yeah, I've seen yeah I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of friends on my feed that have that have gotten into Yakuza because of Game Pass because they're just yeah. there so it's it's uh, that is that's I think one of those um what's the word I'm looking for almost like a like a happy side effect of Game Pass like it's not just that the game's there it's that you know you can put a whole series <laughs> of stuff there and and people will just get into it and then they become a fan for when the next one comes out. And and Todd also pointed that out during the Bethesda roundtable. He's like, you know, we saw a huge number of people hop onto Elder Scrolls and a lot of people hop onto Fallout 76 because of Game Pass. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yep, and also right, yeah. worth mentioning. Yeah, oh, oh, I was also gonna mention, like, and for those that are like are getting into the Yakuza series, let's not forget that Judgment, which is a spin-off of the Yakuza series, it's in the same like world. Uh, same developer is also coming to Xbox Series X and S uh, later this year. Cool. And then, so the week of March 29th, we have Narita Boy on March 30th. So it's going to be cloud, console, and PC. And then we have Outriders, which was one that everyone was talking about last week, uh, on April 1st. So that's cloud and console. And it will be day one on Game Pass. It's awesome. I mean, a major third-party release on uh, day one for Game Pass. Destin, you've, you've played a little bit of Outriders, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, the story is, I would say, not great, but the gameplay is really, really, really fun, especially how you, I, I'm Trickster, so it deals a lot with time manipulation. They have like a Vanguard dash ability where you can teleport behind enemies, and it has really, really interesting combat mechanics where it kind of starts building upon each other as you unlock abilities. I understand the draw of it, uh, we'll we'll see if it has legs. I'm just cautious about any any game like that now because everything gets compared to Destiny, and this one seems good. But every time we we say that, it turns out like people just tear through it, and then we don't really hear from it again. So, yeah, we'll see how they do. It it is interesting that it's not coming to PC via Game Pass. I think that's probably because like they're already locked in with Epic and Steam, right? right? Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so do you want to play Outriders for a dollar for a month <laughs> if you don't have Game Pass yet? <laughs> or do you want to pay 60 bucks for it? Well, and actually to that point, Destin, I saw, you know, some people, I don't know, you mentioned this earlier. There are some people out there that just have like a uh a bug up there behind about about trying to poo-poo Game Pass, and I don't <laughs> understand why. Um and I, I saw somebody posting like, well, it's <laughs> on Game Pass until they take it away and then you don't have it anymore. It's like, well, okay, if they do that, even if they did that, if they have, even if it was only on Game Pass from April and then they pulled it on May 1st, you download it, play it for a month, and then you can buy it at a discount. 
you could buy you get to buy Game Pass games at a discount. So um, that's still a pretty darn good deal. Yeah, and I would say most of the games on Game Pass, like that's just you pick one of them, and that's probably what you end up playing for that month. And if you play through two games, you have paid for your Game Pass for the year. Two, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe three if you'd buy the fourteen ninety nine one. Right. So, yeah. 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 No, it's a good point. And and I just think, I mean, the more the first party games are going to be crucial to to Game Pass and and bringing people into Game Pass as time goes on. I mean, it's we're still we're still waiting on all that all those uh the, that first party garden that Microsoft has been has been watering and tilling and caring for to start to start actually. Uh, sprouting, we're not quite there yet, but I think it's equally important, maybe even more so, to get big third-party releases like this on day one because you know game prices seem like they're going to be going up to seventy bucks across the board for the most part this generation. So if you're if you're looking to you know not everybody, most people have not chosen a PS5 or a or a Series X yet. They're on. PS4 or Xbox One, and as time goes on, if you're going to make make the choice of of where to go in the next generation, and you see, well, you know, you've got big third party stuff like Outriders that will launch into Game Pass, like yeah, you just you might you might start to really lean Xbox because you think, well, should I I could pay seventy bucks for that on Sony, or I could just get it as part of my Game Pass subscription with all these first party games that Microsoft is starting to crank out on the Xbox side, so. I think this is, uh, you know, regardless of how Outriders turns out, sort of Metacritic-wise, review score-wise, all that stuff, I think it's it's a really great sign for Microsoft to get this major day one third-party support. Uh, I, I think, promised uh, I would do oh, this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I just think, uh, I think you're making an interesting point. It's something that I've been thinking about when I've seen people on, like, Twitter uh, talk about, like, how... Outriders being day one on like Game Pass is just like as a negative because I think that there are some preemptive uh, notions on how it's going to do either critically or public reception that like, oh, it's just kind of like a filler game, like a filler Game Pass game. And I think that one, one, I don't think like that should be the main focus when you think about like all of the great games that are on game pass like but i also think that there is this uh i personally believe and i hope that xbox proves me wrong is that like a game like outriders i think is kind of probably be like the best that we're going to see in the sense of like scope or like anticipation when it comes to a major third-party title that will get a day one release on game pass so like i don't want like this to i don't want people to get their expectations like really really high that like some highly anticipated like multi platform game is like you know like the next assassin's creed is like oh day one on game pass like don't expect that like do not expect that i hope i'm proven wrong one day and they just get like some big heavy hitter but i just want like i think that that this should be something where people should kind of rein in their expectations right but it's but, uh the the demo seemed to you know they, they put out a big chunk of the game as a demo which people seem to be enjoying so we'll see yeah uh we'll see how this one ends up landing when uh when the release date rolls around on April 1st. I promised I would do this in the beginning, and, and we just got talking about other stuff. So I want to stop and talk about this guy for a minute, the uh, Xbox wireless headset. 
Uh, I very much encourage you to either read the iGen re review, which is uh, written by a gentleman by the name of Mike Epstein on, uh, on the site, or you can just watch it, watch a video review of the same thing on YouTube, which I, it's, I recorded it, but, uh, cause our freelancer didn't have the, the production capability to do it, but I did not write it. However, I have been using it and I would echo Mike's sentiment on it. We gave it an eight out of 10, called it great. And yeah, it's, I definitely recommend this. If you, if you're like me, where you prefer wireless headphones for your gaming, you know, maybe you're like me and you play mostly when your family's gone to bed, uh, or you just don't have like a great sound bar, which I don't. I just have TV sound, and this, these are really good. So, number one, they are comfortable. Uh, they they feel good after a good amount of time. I mean, they're just they're a really solid build. I. I like the minimalism on these a lot uh, where it's, you know, it's, they're just black with the, it's just a subtle Xbox logo on, in fact, just one side, not even the other side. Uh, and then just this subtle green ring around the outside and the, everything's just integrated. You have, there's, there's two buttons. Uh, there's, there's the, the power on button, which also doubles as the sync button, which you only need once obviously to set it up. Uh, or I guess, Tech, yeah, or really only only once because then with uh, you can Bluetooth it to your phone at the same time, which I've also done. And then there's a, a mute microphone button, but the mute the mic just unfolds like that, puts it back up when you when you're done with it. It sounds really good. I mean, that's the most important thing. They're comfortable. They sound good. Um, Hundred bucks. It's you know they're not like top of the line, you know, three four hundred dollar cans, but they are just for the price. I really think the the sound quality, the convenience, the comfort, it's just a, uh, my guess is that Microsoft had a price objective here of let's make the best wireless headphones we can for a hundred bucks. And I think they've done a tremendous job of that. Uh, I guess the other thing I should mention is I really like the volume control is, is just right here on the side. So it's volume over here really and then cool. it's a game chat mix over here, oh, nice. uh, which is, which is really, it's, so it's, you know, you're not fumbling around for anything. You're not, you're not looking for any like little tiny knobs or dials. So it's it's just really well put together. So I know they're they're sold out across the board at the moment because uh, I had I had checked, but keep checking because I think they are worth hunting down. Um, I was bummed that the Xbox Series X sacrificed its optical port, which in fact Sony did too. It's not just Microsoft; they both sacrificed the optical port when. I would just run my optical wire across the floor for my Astros that I've been using for years and years and years, uh, which I've, I've always loved. Go ahead, Dustin. There's a the workaround I do, Ryan, is your TV yeah. probably has optical out, so that's how but, I do it. But there's, I yeah, I mean, but ah, that's a whole other thing. These are I would rather spend a <laughs> hundred bucks on these. That's yeah. I'll just put it that way. This is the the easier, nicer solution. I have not had them long enough to test the battery life. Our reviewer says, I think our review said. Uh, he said they were close to ads advertised, like I want to say maybe like 15-ish hours, which is still pretty darn good. You know, that's that's an so even if you play all day, boom, you're you're good all day, and then you charge them overnight. So um recommended. Really good headphones. Yeah, great job, Microsoft. Hardware awesome. team yeah, can I, use to kill it. I got my pre-order in for one, so and so mine comes in, I think, in the next two days or so. So I'm excited. Sweet. Uh, we're not done yet. We've still got some time. 
I know we, we're going to be, Destin's got to go in about 15, but the rest of us have a little more time. Let's see how much uh, I think show I'm we can get through. The meeting's uh, the, at 1230, so. Oh, perfect. Well, the last <laughs> major story I wanted to get to before we move to the loot box and the unlock block trivia, which I definitely want Destin to get in on. So uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But I love this little anecdote about Halo Infinite. We got a little a little new something about Halo Infinite. You can, if, if you've been following Infinite, as I know, you know Miranda, you have as well, you know, the, the ring is under construction, right? Miranda, they talked, we talked a little bit oh, about yeah. that uh, with, with the guys at 343. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the, the ring is kind of in various states of, of repair and you can knock enemies off of it entirely. Like actually knock a bad guy <laughs> literally off of the halo ring. Uh, Tony, uh, excuse me, not Tony, Troy Mashburn. Uh, looks like I'm 40. I'm gonna need glasses soon. Troy Mashburn, the gameplay director for infinite uh, was responding on a fan Q and a about, can you knock enemies off of the ring? And he said, the answer is yes. I can tell you that just recently I was playing uh, and I happened to be driving with a Scorpion tank. I came around the corner and was face to face with a Wraith. And just out of pure luck, pure coincidence, pure coincidence, I managed to push the Wraith over the edge and just watched it slowly tilt back and just fall into the <laughs> abyss, which was amazing, unexpected, and just such a cool moment that happened. So absolutely, you can push things off of the edge. It's going to be difficult but if you can manage to time it just right, you're going to see it, which um, Destin, I, th that opens up a lot of interesting multiplayer possibilities too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm pushing all y'all off the edge of that ring the first chance <laughs> I get. I'm going to be like, there's a secret collectible over here, Miranda. It's right on the edge of the ring oh. and then bam, ghost, right no, off no, the no. ring. The trick, you are, you're driving the ward off. You, you have your friends come in and you just drop everyone off the ring. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Got to get that gameplay clip. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Miranda. Guys, I have to capture something. Hop on this Warthog really quick. <laughs> it, could be a, it could be a wiki game help nightmare if they hide, like, some, like, a skull or something, like, where you have to make some oh, crazy joke. They will. Of course they will. Things. I, I love to sit on the edge of a cliff, and I, like, meticulously walk every pixel. I'm like, all right, is there? Nope, there's nothing there. Nope, there's no collectibles. Still nothing. Nope. That Oh, but is that a ledge? Let's check it. You jump down. Nope, that was not a ledge. <laughs> I've, I've done it before, but not basically. I think, I think <laughs> in Halo 5, when we were working on that, you found one that was, like, a crashed ship that just you easily could have missed or something with a skull there. I don't remember, but I remember you found it, and it was really – I never would have found it in a million years. A lot. I've broken many games. Um, <laughs> but there's also some other news with this, right, Ryan? Some unfortunate news. Well, yeah. So I I, I do want to, I think there's a larger conversation here, which we, uh, this is the perfect venue to have it. Cam, let me, let me set this up by asking you, what's your favorite Halo campaign? Or just even ha Halo in general, like what's your favorite one? Okay, so my favorite Halo campaign is Halo 2. Okay. But my favorite Halo as a full experience, as a full package, is Halo 3. Okay. So I'm glad you said that. So that's the right answer. And, well, everybody has <laughs> a different answer. And so well, we've, we've heard 343 uh, time and again. I mean, as Miranda and I have done, we did our interviews last summer, where they're, the message that they're hammering on is trying to recapture that sort of sense of wonder from Halo 1. 
I mean, that's the whole point of the freeform Halo ring. And I get that, and that's awesome. But this little this little tidbit that we also got that Miranda was alluding to, where it was it's confirmed there will be no deal, excuse me, no dual wielding and no playing as elites in multiplayer. You'll just be playing as Spartans. So, you know, you could take that as, oh, that's, you know, that's bad news. But to me, what it says is it just kind of illuminates what 343 is going for. And I think it seems to me that they're going for the the sense of wonder and, and exploration that you had in Halo 1. But it seems like they're going for the a, an actual gameplay feel of Halo 3 because I, they're bringing equipment back and there's no dual wielding. So it that's it feels like almost a fusion of of one and three to me is what they're going for. Destin? Yeah, Ryan, uh, I don't think it's gameplay feel. I think they're going for gameplay balance overall because I think once you hop into PvP, dual wielding introduces like so many different combinations and different ways that people can manipulate the power of the weapons that you're able to wield in that fashion. Um, yeah, it can be a lot of fun, but I think making a, a balanced sandbox where you're going to have standouts, but they've probably worked on tuning those weapons to the point that PvP is just in a in a place that they're happy with and they can refine over the years. And I have to imagine that dual, dual wielding, they probably tried it out and they're just like, okay, things get a little bit broken with this once we like put it in the hands of pros. So let's keep it you know, single. And that decision was probably made like a long time ago. I don't think this is new for them, but definitely new for us on a, this is going to be a little controversial. I think dual wielding at the time was really, really interesting. I don't think today it is necessarily impactful. I think you can have a great game where you use one weapon at a time. I don't think dual wielding is necessary to make halo a great game. You know, you don't want to see your enemies explode with the needler. A thousand little cuts. I can just well, I mean, use the needler. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But another thing to like, I think to point out is that like, there aren't that many weapons like in Halo 2, for example, that you could dual wield with, you know what I mean? Like out of the overall weapons that you could choose, there was, you know, there was like the plasma, well, like most of the covenant weapons. And then like, like the, the SMG, SMG and the plasma. And that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Oh, so so for me, it's more about like campaign stuff. So is this specifically oh, yeah. for campaign wise? Is fun. It's the game. Yeah. Okay. Multiplayer. It's the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Because for multiplayer, yeah, I, I totally agree, Dustin. Like I'm always about balance and having that good, fine-tuned shooter experience in multiplayer. I want that above all else. That's why I don't like Destiny's multiplayer. But <laughs> that's another conversation. Um, and I think. If we have to give up dual wielding for an excellent multiplayer, that's fine. Um, I also don't necessarily mind playing as elites in, in multiplayer either. I think, honestly, it's fine just going in as Spartans. But I do love the nostalgia of dual wielding. That was such a fun thing. I remember that. I, ugh, I had so uh, much fun with that. I mean, remember the reaction that we all had when dual wielding was first shown in the in the E3 2000? You could hold two guns at the same what? time! <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's fine. And it, it totally makes sense, of course, with equipment. Like, that's going to be such a big thing. Chief's got to have a hand free. But, yeah. Also, yeah, I, uh, 
Also, just mentioning the Elite thing, just as someone who played a lot of Halo 3, I'm actually kind of glad that you can't play as Elites, because people... Because when I play Halo 3 multiplayer at this point, I only play SWAT. And in Halo 3, if people would play as Elites simply to make it harder for people to get headshots. <laughs> and I'm just like... So now I'm just like, I'm good. Like, get them out. Get them out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, my hope is that it's... that. You know, because seemingly, like, just my little theory on this, that it's, they're trying to combine bits of one with bits of three, and and seemingly ignoring two, I'm hoping the multiplayer maps will be of Halo 2 quality. Uh, that's that's where I hope that the Halo, that Halo 2's influence enters the equation, because that, that would be my one complaint about what is otherwise phenomenal Halo 5 multiplayer. I don't think the maps are... Are are quite up to the standard that the series has always the series has always been known for amazing maps, and I don't think five necessarily had Ryan, too many of those. I do I, think I you're dangerously close to giving away our answers to the loot box quest loot box questions. You just want to go into that, and we could talk <laughs> about this more. Yeah, that's a good segue. Actually, let's do exactly that. <laughs> uh, Jeff from New Jersey. Actually, let me preface this. Uh, so the Yappa experiment on IGN has come to a close. I want to thank everybody who did send in Yappas. We uh, just didn't get a lot of traction on it, to be honest. So it was a thing we tried, so we're not doing it. But I would still really like to do the video loot box question. I really liked what it added to the podcast. I loved having a community member, uh, an unlocked uh, a fan, be, be a part of the show each week. So if you'd like to do that, I guess all I can do is is ask and see if anybody's interested. But just post yourself on Twitter. Just do your loot box question on Twitter, uh, and then just tag me in it, and then I'll see it, and we can we can uh, paste you in here and, and get you uh, put into the show. So if you've got a loot box question for the panel, tweet it at me via video, and uh, and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. With that, Jeff in New Jersey, my home state, says, I'm new to the Xbox world and could use some advice from the Unlocked gang. To explain my situation, I'm a, I became a born-again PlayStation gamer in 2019 after having not owned a console since the PS2 days. Wow. Uh, I was able to snag a PS5 in January, which has been wonderful, but for a while I've been interested in the Xbox ecosystem as well. Backward compatibility is very attractive, so I recently ordered a Series S. Uh, it seemed like the perfect secondary system for a person like me who owns zero physical games for Xbox and wants to try out what PS5 can't provide. That's the, the Series S and Game Pass. This is, Jeff is exactly Microsoft's strategy, uh, part of it, come to yep. life here. Exactly what we talked about last year. Yes. He <laughs> says, I'm mostly a fan of single-player adventures. I'm very excited to play Ori, but... I feel like I'd be silly not to try out Halo as well. My only experience with Halo is the first one. When I was a kid, uh, I would go over to my friend's house and play multiplayer with him. Now that I can finally do the single-player campaigns, because, of course, he's got Master Chief Collection on Game Pass, he says, which should I start with? Halo 1? 5? Somewhere in the middle? Uh, and he says, I'm hoping you disagree with each other about this, because that would make for some fun conversation. And he says, P.S., what's up with these asymmetrical joysticks? Well, welcome to the superior controller. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many people that tell me, oh, symmetrical sticks are so much better. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're, they're, they're not. not. Asymmetrical is so much better. So oh, much better. I will say, uh, 
for first person I was shooters, so, they're for sure better. I'm so glad we all agree on that because I was just like, please, please, I don't want to, I don't want to debate this. Um, well, uh, you're in the right place, Cam. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Miranda. Let me go your way first. With Jeff in New Jersey, where should he start in with Halo campaigns? Easy, Halo One. I think we won't have a lot of disagreement on this. Um, I think the Halo story. It's just one of those that builds on each other. If you start out of order, you're going to be probably confused because you're not going to have a lot of important introductions. You're not going to get a lot of the basic lore details of like why things are a threat or not. Um, so definitely start with the first one. Yeah, I think there are probably, as I go around the table, probably going to be two answers to this. Uh, mm -hmm. Halo 5 is you should absolutely not start with Halo 5 <laughs> because you will not want to play any of the other campaigns. Wow. Uh, Destin, do you yeah. are you are you are you in agreement uh, agreement with Miranda here? Or are you going to say I'm, the I'm other? I'm not actually because he said he played Halo One already. So no, I would say, pardon? I played the multiplayer. Yeah, so oh. I would say if if you didn't get to play the campaign over at your friends when you were young, or you want to re-experience it and sort of relive that nostalgia sort of feeling, uh, start with Halo One. But otherwise, I would highly recommend the the redone Halo Two. Halo Two, I think you could also start with, and um, but you're not really missing too much. Hit. I won't spoil oh, Halo One. We at Destin like Ari. Wow. Yeah. That's I, that's I won't spoil thing. Halo 1, but guess what? You're it's fighting the Covenant right. still in Halo 2. Halo and a lot of wow. stuff happened in Halo 2. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we're going that bare bones on what the story <laughs> is. Oh, you fight Covenant in Halo 1. Oh, you fight Covenant in Halo 2. That's Halo. I'm being a little incendiary on purpose because my main argument is I, I have a feeling that he played through Halo 1 already, so I think he should go to Halo 2. If, if I think he, it's if he, always he, good to play through Halo 1 again. Just, just throw it out there. Hey, yeah, Halo 2, I, I recently, the cinematics are phenomenal. Uh, I really, really like what they did with the gameplay and improvements that they made. Um, Halo 1, you're getting the anniversary edition, right? And it's it's rough. Like It's the best Halo I 1 mean, experience that you can get, but um, it's just um, it's just blocky, sort of, and I don't want his experience to be negative. I want him to be game. blown away by Halo I mean, 2 and I feel hooked. like you could understand that it's an older game, though, is, is my defense like if i go back to play the mario 3 whatever like i have to understand that i'm going back to an older game if you went back to play mass effect one i'm not saying game. halo yeah. one is bad <laughs> halo one is yes, one of my favorite Justin. games of all time <laughs> i'm saying if we want to blow this guy away and get him really hooked on the halo franchise what am i going to recommend i'm going to recommend the best looking of of the the retro series halo 2 because the blur cinematics look phenomenal. Halo if you want to see the improvements they made, you can just hit the, the button to do the comparison on the fly. You can do that with Halo 1 That's Anniversary so also. Yeah. Um, but um, it's just, it's really, really neat. And I would say Halo 2 is a, a safe starting point also. It, well, if you've never played any of them, the answer is Halo 1. I, like if you've I, never played it. I was not expecting Halo 2. So the, the Cam, what do you think? Because We'll see if somebody's going to say the other, the other contender here. I, I'm I'm not, but I I feel like oh wait hold on I think I know what you're going to say and I could and I think I think it is fair and I assume you're saying Halo Reach is I mean, that what you're yeah is again I I it's devil's advocate I would also I'm I'm in total agreement that you should start with Halo One because I I'm in the minority I don't I don't hold Reach in in this high of an esteem as a lot of other people do 
but I oh okay wow like, I, I i love reach um uh i mean I, I mean i think we all love reach to a certain degree but like uh no i think i think you should start with one but reach is a prequel but it is a game that's later on so but i would i would just play i'm one of those people that i'm like play them in release order like they like they released in order for a reason so uh i would start with halo one i recently replayed it like a few months ago uh, with the Master Chief Collection, it's great still. Um, so definitely hop in Halo One. I would say those games are short, right, Cam? W- when you played, how long was Halo One when you played it? Um, well, so I played it with uh, I played it co-op legendary, so it probably took me a little bit longer oh, than yeah. a normal playthrough. But if you play through on normal, get through it in like ten hours, yeah, 10, 10, 12, 12 hours. hours. I'd say. Best. Yeah, if most, you do, if you do two longer sittings, yeah, yeah other than like a day or two. Yeah, so I think the the, the two. We're all in agreement that it's that it's one. Uh, it's still the, the place to to start with. But um, yeah, if the other option is to go uh, in Halo chronology in the timeline, which would be Reach one, two, ODST three, four, five. But um, I would. I think probably- that's something you do after you've played through them all, though, right? Maybe. I mean, like that's something you do as a mega fan. I don't think that's something you would need to do that's as a That's what I'm doing player. right now, kind, kind of, yeah. except yeah. I skip reach. I would Some still, yeah, I would probably go. I mean, I think if you went, I, I would just maybe not play reach first. I would probably go, I would still go like one, two, ODST, three, and then maybe reach. And then, like, so mostly in release order, I guess, is probably where I would, where I would land with it. But Jeff, good stuff. Welcome to the Xbox family, and have fun with Halo. All right, we've got a few minutes here, just enough time for the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge. Let's see. Uh, Destin was did not get on the board before he ducked away for paternity leave. I think we so, only did like one or two episodes. Get, yeah, like, was, don't uh, make it sound like I don't know anything. What? <laughs> <Well, laughs> You don't have a lot of ground to yeah. make up because it was a. Uh, it's been. It was it's not. Been pretty it was rough. ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. Yeah, you're my hope. It's been a rough go for the panel here. We have Miranda with two points. Brandon won. Cam won. And Brian Altano picked up one last week in his appearance <laughs> here. Even Brian. So, <laughs> a chance destined to get right in the game despite your your absence. Andrew asks this. Uh, Xbox Live featured a series of design changes from the original Xbox to the initial Xbox 360 release. And he says, RIP, the Blades layout. Uh, Press F, pay your specs. One of the more inconsequential features, which actually I have to, I I love this from Andrew because I had not thought about this in years. But he notes one of the more inconsequential features of the Blades uh, on Xbox Live was the ability to pick your gamer zone in your profile, theoretically being able to give uh, people a quick look at what type of gamer you were and also theoretically able to matchmake you with people in your zone. There were four zones to choose from. Which of the following is the fake zone? So three of these are real gamer zones that you could choose. One of them is not. We have pro, A, pro, B, family, C, underground, D, amateur. So I will go, you know, I'll go Destin's way first since he's been off the show for a while. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I was pro, but sometimes I would change it to underground when I wanted to be edgy. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure those two are real. I, I think, if I remember correctly, the, the answer would be family or amateur as the 
the fake one trying to, you know, trick us or whatever. But maybe like I'm remembering wrong about Pro. I'm going to say that B Family is my answer. I don't know why. I feel like I feel like that's the answer. All right. I don't I don't think they were thinking about that at that time too much. Okay. For like categorizing your gamer level or whatever. Cam, I know you're uh, you and Miranda are are, are resident uh, young people on the show. So this you know this is early. You know you got to dig back to the childhood a little bit here. Early 360 days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So echoing what Dustin said, I know Pro and Underground are two of them. I I know that. And so now my mentality is just like like amateur feels like just offensive at this point. So I'm just like, it's like, would some, would they really say amateur? But then like, yeah. fa- but like Dustin made a good point about the family thing. I'm like, did they have a, I don't remember. I like, I think, I think it, I think it, I think it's family. I think I'm going to go with Dustin. I think it's B family. Are you and, sure? Because my other answer was also amateur and it has that negative. I know, but like, I'm pretty sure I remember amateur. I, I, I like, I'm pretty sure I remember it. I'm pretty All sure. Right. So you're riding with Destin, which is uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off for him. <laughs> um, Miranda, you have the, the uh, you've, you've had the luxury now of hearing your two fellow castmates think through this, talk through this. What do you think? Being amateur. She sounds confident. Oh, she knows. Yeah. She knows. She sounds confident, and for good reason. She is absolutely correct. I, Dang it! I, yeah. I remember these. Cam, I, I don't know. Going there, in, I, going I, in, I was <laughs> going in. I was just like, it's amateur. I was like, it's, it's amateur. Because I had, because I remember, because uh, I remember playing with these, and I was actually talking about these with some friends recently, because we were reminiscing about the Xbox 360 days and the blades, and they're like, someone's like, do you remember Gamers on? I'm like, yeah, of course. Because Underground was so funny. It's like, what's the difference between Underground and Pro? It's like, well, Underground's like, you're edgy, and like, you're gonna curse. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was the fourth one, then? Uh, I don't even remember. That's the, I'd have to go back and look. It was also something sort of basic, but I don't, but it was an amateur for sure, because it'd be weird to have Pro. like, recreation. Yeah, yeah, it was something sort of, it's like casual without saying casual, in a yeah. way. Well, Andrew, that was, was a fantastic question. Since this, I love this. This is the perfect yeah. unlock block trivia question because it's yeah, it's not crazy obscure. There was a yeah. cheater zone. Yeah, recreation. You, recreation. You got caught cheating. It you got labeled a cheater. <laughs> I'm glad my dirty. I'm glad my brain still holds some of those those classic Xbox memories. Andrew, great job. And if anybody else out there has an unlock block trivia question, I need more good ones to, to uh, subject the, the Unlock crew to. So you can email them to me. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers and please point out the correct one in your email. And we'll play again next week. But Miranda now has a two-point lead over the rest of the panel. And with that, <laughs> it is time to get out of here. Uh, I'll quickly mention... After a an act basically an accidental hiatus, <laughs> no nothing planned. IGN Unfiltered is back. My interview series where I sit down with uh, game developers and talk through their stories. I've actually got uh, one this week and one next week as well. The one that's up right now is with two of the leads and also studio co-founders 
from Cold Iron Studios, the makers of Aliens Fireteam. That's our IGN first game this month. Really interesting conversation there about working with Disney. They also worked on a uh, what was going to be an exclusive Marvel MMO for Xbox 360. If you remember back in the day, it was called Marvel Universe Online. Uh, they worked on that. So there's there's some really neat stories in there. Check out IGN Unfiltered either on the IGN Games YouTube channel or on your favorite podcast feed as well if you just want to listen to it in audio form. Cam. Yes, sir. Plug away, my friend. Okay. I was like, are you, I, I thought you were going to continue. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry. For... Yeah, I'm just turning the floor no, over to you, sir. No, it's all good. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, CamFinalMix, and I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash CamFinalMix. Excellent. Miranda? Hi, you can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K, on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and pretty much anywhere else you make accounts. Excellent. And Destin, welcome back. Good to have you back. Uh, we missed you, and you're, you're back in time for... Uh, you, you didn't miss the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I know. Still, so you, you timed it well. You had your kid <laughs> right before. <laughs> you got a couple months to go there yet. So uh, do you have any <laughs> any immediate things you want to promote, either you know personal or at IGN? Yeah, I'm getting back into the swing of things at IGN. Performance reviews are going to be a big focus for me in 2021 for IGN.com. It's like our number one series on IGN. So I'm really, really excited about the growth there. And I can't wait to figure out what we're going to do to elevate that content. And then personal wise, Ryan, I was itching to talk Xbox. So I started doing these like vlog style things on my YouTube channel where I just kind of talk direct to the camera about like my memories of working in the industry or whatever. So you can check those out over at youtube.com slash the Destin channel. And I'm still going to be streaming at twitch.tv slash Destin. Um, when I can, I don't know what that schedule is going to look like, but YouTube has been much easier to manage with a little one who keeps me up all hours of the night. I'll record <laughs> a lot of those things at like 2 a.m. because I'm just like, well, I can't go to sleep now for half an hour because I need to make sure he's okay. So I'll just record a vlog or whatever and then post it. And uh, the response has been very positive. So thank you. Excellent. Love hearing that. Well, welcome back. Uh, for Cam, Miranda, Destin, and our super producer, Tayo, this week, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 486. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, Unlocked is technically over, but, you know, we're all under the same IGN Games YouTube banner now with our friends at Podcast Beyond, NBC, Game Scoop, And Jonathan Dornbush from Podcast Beyond has joined me. Jonathan, what is happening on Podcast Beyond this week? in case anybody wants to go check out your show after checking out ours. Of course, uh, Ryan, there is so much happening in the world of PlayStation, like talking about what PlayStation should do because of all the Xbox news. Uh, it's definitely been a little bit of a quieter time on the PlayStation side, but we'll be talking this week about uh, Jade Raymond's new studio, Haven, uh, and what that partnership with PlayStation might mean uh, for her new game. I'd just, you know, like to be able to see a Jade Raymond game these days. Uh, and then in addition to that, we are going to be talking a lot about sort of what PlayStation's response could be or should be because Game Pass just seems to get better day by day. Uh, and so we kind of want to take a look at the the status of PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, and sort of see what PlayStation could do to maybe sort of compete in that same space. Fantastic. Jonathan, thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe to IGN Games on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash IGN Games, your new home for Unlocked Beyond Game Scoop, NBC, all of our shows right here on IGN. We'll see you next week.